Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas P. Dorian. Hello, Deej. And Ziggy Rodriguez. Hello. Yes, that sounds a little too seductive for our audience, <laughs> so please disregard that. I, I apologize. I didn't mean to scandalize anybody. <laughs> yes, that was that was really, it was scary to me. So it was more creepy than it was anything else. So I am so uh, glad you guys are joining me here, and uh, we have an interesting show today because we find ourselves um, in uh, the month of July, uh, and July is a month that's known for. Uh, a wonderful devotion in the Catholic Church. Sam, what would that devotion be? The precious blood of Jesus. That's right. So the plushi- precious. <laughs> I can't even say it. Easy for you to say. Yeah, my precious. Yeah, I want to be like my do my Smeagol <laughs> imitation. No, no. It's so yeah, the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and um, and it's kind of a so you know we thought we'd do a show on. It sounds great. The to precious me. blood, because uh, I think I'll be honest with you, a lot of people are not. Getting up in the morning going, you know what? Thank goodness for the precious blood. Oh, they should. But there are people that, yes, and there are people that do, let's <laughs> yes, be fair. Yes, um, One of the things that's beautiful about our Catholic Church is that it is filled with devotions. Mm-hmm. And not everyone can be devoted to everything, but someone needs to be devoted to all things. I mean, there are... Things that need that these devotions have they have a life in the church. Tom's hair is March. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're looking forward to that devotion. But honestly, the the precious blood devotion is one that's beautiful, and it's not always. I mean, but but you're right, and uh, there people should be aware of, it, and that's why we thought we'd do a show on it, just to bring some awareness. Well, most people are aware that June is the Sacred Heart, uh, yes, and then October is the Rosary, right? Uh, but yeah, a lot of I would say it's a mixed bag as to pe- the amount of people who are aware that July is the month of the precious blood. So a lot of people uh, there are there are some historical reasons in the church why that's the case. Uh, one of those is that the the uh, the feast of the precious blood of Jesus Christ was an actual feast on the Roman calendar all the way up to 1969 uh, for a while, uh, and so it was actually a feast, and it took place the first Sunday of July, or the first Sunday after June 30th. So it's just the first Sunday. It'll be this Sunday. That's right. So uh, the feast of the precious blood is a is a powerful feast. And there are also some saints in history that are associated with uh, with this devotion. One of those is Saint Gaspar del Buffalo. <laughs> I knew that was going to listen. Gaspar del Buffalo. Yeah. So so I don't, I, I may be mispronouncing his last name. Uh, it's going to get awkward at the Saint cocktail parties uh, in heaven, you know. After yes. You go to um, your reward <laughs> for those who think he's the patron saint of those buffalo heads that are in steak restaurants. No, this is not his uh, his patronage. Uh, he is uh, devoted to the precious blood, and now in heaven would even be more so, I think, mm-hmm. devoted to the precious blood. Um, interesting little side note on him, by the way. He, he was born on the Feast of the Epiphany, and his actual full name is Gaspar Melchior Balthazar. His parents, like, wow. that's some, some interesting naming, you know, for the Feast of the Epiphany. Well, they just that's had this cool. moment of clarity the morning of his birth. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> there was an epiphany. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so he he spent his life devoted to uh, to Jesus uh, to the the Trinity. 
uh, and adoring God. So what a beautiful uh, thing. And he developed a, a devotion to the precious blood. He even started in 1815 an order called the Missionaries of the Precious Blood. That's beautiful. Yeah, so, so there's a lot of history uh, to this, um, this devotion. And, you know, but maybe rather than go into like all those things, which can be fascinating, I guess, it's like, why? Mm-hmm. Why the Precious Blood? So we're going to turn to Sam. Okay. And Sam's now going to, he's the answer man. <laughs> we're going to Ziggy. Well, so it's funny because you're right. I know a lot of folks don't actually know why the Precious Blood is necessarily much of a uh, a devotion. In fact, a funny story. I know a young lady who was in choir practice, and uh, it was she's Catholic. It was a Catholic contemporary choir, and they were singing a song uh, covered in his blood. I mm. think was what it was, and the chorus was covered in his blood, and they kept repeating "covered in his blood." And she <laughs> interrupted chorus practice and said, "Ew." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Now, interesting that uh, that you know, as Catholics, sometimes we'll get accused of being a little whatever, get carried away with the blood, right? right. With with the corpus on the cross, right? So the crucifix has a bloody Jesus on it, a dying oh, yeah. Jesus. So there, there, there sometimes is. But I will tell you this. Uh, uh, I've heard some powerful um, prayers from our separated brothers and sisters, especially some of the, uh, you know, the, the southern sort of gospel kind of churches mm-hmm. where you'll hear prayers uh, calling out to the precious blood of Jesus oh, yeah. and the, the uh, pour over me. And there's some really beautiful uh, Protestant hymns that are focused on the precious blood. Oh, absolutely. And one thing I feel led to point out is this month of July, the month of the precious blood, this will be the first time in many years a lot of people won't have access to that species right. at mass because of the coronavirus restrictions that are in place. So a good time for us to maybe ponder what what's what's there. Now, we should also reiterate that they're still, they're not technically missing the precious blood. No, yeah. Each, the, both species contain the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. So you can still fully celebrate the, uh, the sacrament in that way, although I know plenty of people might be staying away from the sacraments still um, simply because of health concerns or various right. other, or they may not be available in their in their diocese based on whatever the bishop might have decided. But I think one thing that we can zero in on is ways in which we can still celebrate the precious blood and practice that devotion this month, even if we're not able to attend Mass. And, and also, why? Why do we uh, turn to the precious blood, and what are we actually doing when we're turning to the precious blood? Now, I will say, um, if we were in the Old, Old Testament days, right, we go back to Moses and the Exodus and all that stuff, but uh, I, specifically in the 24th chapter of Exodus, uh, verse 8, Moses comes out to the people, right, and, and it says this in verse eight, 8, Then he took the blood and sprinkled it on the people, saying, this is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words of his. And your, uh, your young Catholic chorister would have gone, ew. <laughs> I would recommend she not stand in the front <laughs> of the sprinkling because she's going to get some of the, uh, the, pre- the, the, then not the precious blood, right. the b- blood of the sacrificed animals offered. Right. Right then. So the the oxen or whatever were sacrificed and then that blood would be sprinkled on the people as a sign of a covenant. Yes. Right. And so there's so early on we see this and there's another beautiful reference um, in scriptures that comes to us uh, literally uh, from the, the Passover. Right. And what's going on there in that the the final the the tenth plague. Right. The death of the firstborn. 
and and the instructions there uh, were to you sacrifice the lamb, right in in your household, and you 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 sacrifice the lamb. The lamb would be eaten certainly that night, but it said take some of the blood and you place it on the doorpost basically of the house. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And then the angel of death would pass you by. We've all seen, mm-hmm. uh, right, Ten Commandments, right? Oh, we, yeah. We know that that story because we've seen that from our childhood, but certainly we know it from the scriptures, and we know that what saved those Jews mm-hmm. was the blood of the lamb that was killed that night. And we we see that um, that that sacrifice, the Passover meal, as a prefigurement. And a precursor to uh, the this new Passover, right of of the crucifixion. You know, there's so much that you're pointing to here in terms of what makes the the, the precious blood relevant to us. I think one thing that comes to mind with your first example when you're pointing to the covenant relationship is what are we, we even to this day we talk about blood relations. Oh yeah, you know, God is calling us together to be a family. We're adopted children of God, and so and we all also we're members of His body. What runs through the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, and so I think that there's something fundamental to that 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 solidarity of family and that covenant bond represented by the blood and then based on the second thing that you just mentioned and, and I think it relates to a lot of times if I'm praying for the precious blood to wash me or wash over a situation or over a person I'm asking for God's protection you know yes. not not always that's not always the intention but I think that that definitely connects to what you just talked about in terms right. of the Passover post and there are infinitesimal scriptural references to blood washing things clean oh yeah and i i i I, i've seen the tide commercials it's really hard to get blood out of fabric right well numbers five five if i'm not mistaken has tide in it (laughs) (laughs) well that's the first instance of tide pods being consumed (laughs) do not do not go there wow (laughs) don't eat tide pods kids no we had any kids listening but no numbers five five i want to edit that out yeah it's gone no, it's not gone. It's in there. Sam said it. If I said it, it different. <laughs> but Numbers five five is is a lot of times pointed to as the the scripture that justifies the Catholic sacrament of confession because you would confess your sins to a priest and he would then sprinkle you in the temple. You get sprinkled with blood. And as as a part of the of a culmination of the purification process, and yes, again, if I'm asking for the precious blood to wash over me or over a situation, I'm asking for him to purify me or yeah. purify a situation as right. well. And no, think- absolutely. And so I, that's why I think that seeing those sort of um, incarnational or uh, practical or sacramental, you know, even from the Old Testament, the sacraments are all laid out for us to see, mm-hmm. right? The New Testament is hidden in the Old, and and uh, and, re- and the Old Testament's revealed in the New, and you see that connection. And so that's why it's nice to see um, where all that comes from. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the biggest thing that you've pointed to also by pointing us to the, his passion and the role of the precious blood in his passion is, you know, in addition to protecting us, to, to building us up in that covenant bond, of bond, protecting us, purifying us, we're redeemed by his blood. Mm-hmm. And I think that it points, it's also a devotion to the atonement and an opportunity for us to contemplate the atonement and contemplate the role that his precious blood plays in the atonement. 
which there's obviously there's a whole lot we can unpack there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, we don't have any more time this particular segment. We've got to go and take a break. But before we take that break, I want to remind folks, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. All right. So with that, we will be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski. And this is another great moment in church history. Just imagine what it would have been like to sit at the feet of one of the twelve and hear the gospel proclaimed firsthand from someone who saw, touched, walked, and talked with the Lord Jesus himself. This is just what St. Polycarp did as a student of St. John the last of the beloved apostles to die. St. Polycarp was Bishop of Smyrna and a very holy man. As a member of the second generation of church leaders, he faced many new challenges, challenges even the original 12 apostles did not face. There were many early heresies, challenges to the truth of Christ and the authority of the church. But above all, St. Polycarp was a man of God and he faced these challenges head on his entire life. He was a beacon of truth for the early church, the heretic Marcion, who taught error about the nature, existence, and relationship of good and evil, matter and spirit, challenged St. Polycarp, demanding he recognize his heretical sect. Recognize us, Polycarp, he demanded. St. Polycarp responded, I recognize you, yes, I recognize the son of Satan. St. Polycarp was to give his life in service to the church, just as his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A very early document, The Martyrdom of Polycarp, tells the heroic story of his death. When in his 80s, St. Polycarp was arrested, he was offered the opportunity to save his own life if he would simply swear his allegiance to Caesar. To this request, St. Polycarp answered, If you imagine that I will swear by Caesar, you do not know who I am. Let me tell you plainly, I am a Christian. It was ordered that St. Polycarp be burned at the stake. As the fire was lit, witnesses heard a long and beautiful prayer uttered from the mouth of the saint. In part, they heard, Lord God Almighty, I bless you for having made me worthy of this day and this hour. I bless you because I may have a part, along with the martyrs, in the chalice of your Christ. As St. Polycarp said amen, his captor stoked the fire. But it is reported that the fire did not burn him. It miraculously formed an arch around him, causing him to resemble what the martyrdom document says was gold and silver glowing in a furnace. They finally had to stab him to death. St. Polycarp's feast day is February 23rd. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here in that luxurious corner booth that's so luxurious. Mm, uh, yes. And, uh, and <laughs> sitting here, sitting here <laughs> Sam likes Nogahide. So Got a snort out of that one. Sam Ziggy Rodriguez and Thomas Patrick Dorian. Hi. And we are talking about the precious blood and what a beautiful devotion, powerful devotion, Oh, you, yeah. you had mentioned in the last segment, you'd mentioned some things that, like, 
you know, when I pray that the precious blood would cover me. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, a lot of people like your your Catholic choral friend who, yeah. who said, uh, who would say, ew. I mean, they're thinking of like that movie Carrie. Right. I mean, you're, you're thinking of this gross image of being literally covered in blood. But, you know, there was a time that I think people, uh, you know, when Moses was sprinkling blood, right, would have wanted to be covered. Yeah, same like the same way that you like you want to get hit by holy water at mass when they're when they're shaking that's right. The holy water so out. Yeah. so um, so Sam, like specifically, you you've got a devotion to the precious blood. You've you've told us in a couple of times. I've heard you pray a couple of times, and I'm like going like, man, he's he's all covered in the blood right now. <laughs> uh, and so tell us, help expand just a little bit on like what are you asking this blood to do? Well, you know, the reason it's become a devotion is just because it's been fruitful for me in prayer and asking. I would say. Harkening back to some of the stuff that we were talking about at the previous uh, segment, um, to protect, asking uh, his precious blood to cover uh, a situation and to cover me or to cover a relationship, and then also to purify and wash away. You know, I, I have found that um, asking the Lord, you know, Lord, I've got uh, this particular thing that I desire that I'm praying for, but you know what, Lord, I understand that the desires that I have are probably off because I'm a sinner. And so I ask you, who redeem us by your precious blood, wash me in your precious blood and wash all the desires that I have for this thing. And if that means that I no longer want this thing afterwards and that all of my desires for it were off, great. Or if it purifies my desires for it, so uh, that I desire this thing in my life, whether it's a new job, whether it's a, a relationship, a you know, development, whatever it might be. Chocolate that I, donut. <laughs> chocolate donut. Hello. <laughs> Just thinking about Tom. <laughs> that, that, oh, that I, but that I want it for the same reasons he would want me to want it. So then also you could add to that, uh, you're, you're asking to be redeemed. Yes. I mean, so right. It, uh, it's almost like um, thinking about, again, literally the blood being sprinkled on the people. You essentially become marked with the blood. Like the doorposts were marked by the blood. Yes. Right? it's a physical it's a physical sign and so t- when you're marked with the blood you're of Jesus his. you're his you're you're you belong to him you've been redeemed yes right and that speaks a lot to atonement perfectly to atonement absolutely yeah. so there's some powerful connections here and one of the things i, lo- I love about all this is just the whole the, the concept of the sacrament and how important that is to us catholics mm. right something that is a that an outward sign that is efficacious, that contains with it within it grace. So the, the definition of a sacrament, right? But then also to be able to see this in the context of sacramentality and the idea that there, this is like an efficacious sign of it, something. It, it, yeah, so like the precious blood itself, it's a symbol, but it also carries within it, like when the blood flowed from Christ on the cross, when it flowed from his side, when it was pierced by the lands and blood and water flowed out. Those were symbolic, but they also carried with them real grace. It gives us a window, I think, into um, God's desire to love us through the sacraments. It's not a surprise that he instituted seven uh, efficacious signs that carry within it the grace that they signify, right, as being sources of salvation for us. Look at the way he lived his life. Look at the way he chose to give up his life on the cross. It in itself was an efficacious sign, and at the heart of that was his blood pouring right out. and there's a there's a physicality so in other words you have this this intersection between supernatural and natural and that's how god works so does it surprise you that 
that Jesus's precious blood would be able to have an effect on you, right? right. It'd be something you could see, you know, and and literally for us Catholics, taste when we go to mass, right? Mm-hmm. There, there, there's, there is a, there's something to be said about uh, the senses and, and experiencing things. That's why sacraments are so beautiful. And the very church that we're in, one of the great names of the church is the sacrament of salvation. The church is the sacrament of salvation. Uh, you know, and so doesn't it make sense that Jesus would start one of those? Because that's how God has essentially revealed himself to us in, in these ways in which uh, he becomes manifest, mm. right? Where we can see him in a burning bush or or a, a descending dove, mm. right? And we start to realize God's presence among us. But then, most especially in the fulfillment of all the prophecies uh, and, and the, the new and eternal covenant of Jesus Christ Himself, right on the cross, that now that we are now we are able to experience Him sacramentally in a in a most profound way. Mm. Yeah, so so it's just it's just something that I think that if if you wake up and you're not saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, let's let's celebrate the precious blood of Jesus Christ today." Right. Maybe we need to revisit mm-hmm. our our thoughts about that and not, and not think and I don't know who that poor girl is I keep bringing her up but, <laughs> but not think, "Ew, that's gross." Right. You Catholics, you're so gross with the whole gross thing. Well, that's true. We get we get criticized. There are a lot of uh, our separated brothers and sisters think it's wrong for us to even have the blo- the body of Christ, let alone a bloody body of Christ represented on the cross. Mm-hmm. We're told, "No, no, no, no. This is about the resurrected cross mm-hmm. or a resurrected uh, Jesus and there so the cross, it's is a, empty. the cross is empty." But uh, seeing him suffer that's what allows us to see his love for us. Is it not right? right? That's right. There's also something beautiful about the precious blood of Jesus. And you mentioned that uh, the, that the blood and water flowed from his side, mm. right on the cross. So we have that image, right? Um, and then, and, and we and we we see that he was pierced with a lance, and and what flowed out there. And we see that. Uh, that moment, really, some people see that as the birth of the church, as a a, a, a birthing coming forth of of the, and also a sign of the human and the divine mi- mixed together, right, coming out in that way. But what I love to see is the the image of the divine mercy. Oh yeah, right, and where you see those rays coming out of his uh, heart. right, the sa- sacred heart is pouring out, uh, you know, blood, and so the white and the red. Represent the blood mm-hmm. and the water. That's yeah. right, and how powerful that is. So then, so that, so you can tie God's mercy in the middle of all this as well. And mm. so the precious blood is not merely um, something you uh, I mean, because people could get superstitious about things. Sure, right about if if we if we sprinkle this on that, you know, if we use holy water, the, the vampires are going to go away. Right, which right. is true, actually. But if, but I guess my, <laughs> but 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 the point is, it's really easy sometimes for us to fall into traps. But this is not superstition. Well, going exactly to what you were just talked about, the reason that the story of the lance uh, piercing his side is so fundamental. Well, a couple of things. One, you've got, I believe it was Ezekiel uh, had the original prophecy of water coming out of the side yeah. of the temple. I say, um, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
I'm going to be honest with you right there. <laughs> of water coming out of the temple. So there's a prophecy that's fulfilled, but there's actually a double prophecy that's fulfilled because the reason he was pierced with a lance was that, it, if I'm not mistaken, they wanted to verify that he was dead without breaking any of his bones. That's right. Well, so that the prophecy would be fulfilled. So that the prophecy would be fulfilled. Not a bone would be uh, broken, which, by the way, also ties right back to the unblemished lamb. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you have all this this uh, this fulfillment of prophecy there by this outward sign yeah. of the piercing of the lance, and and this blood is coming out. It just it just seems that the Lord loves working through symbols, not just to treat our imagination, but He actually literally loves working through symbols and have symbols be carriers of grace and to reach from heaven to and through I, those symbols to touch us in here on earth. And I don't want to diminish what you just said, but I, that's why I like using, and I think the church uses the word signs, because it, it actually, because some people will say symbolic means it's not really it. Right, right? yes. But a, but a sign points to a reality. Yes. Like, so if I see a Taco Bell sign, I know what's about to happen when I go in there. Right. I know what's. I know there's going to be a bean burrito, you know, on my plate in front of me. It. It. it so that sign becomes uh, the reality. It, it points to the reality, and so the sign. All these signs that God has given us throughout salvation history, but most specifically now that we understand this concept of the precious blood, now we we see this as a sign that's that's efficacious. Yes. Right. That 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 actually is um, something that we can participate in it. And, and and it's how we taste the divine nature. Mm. It's how we connect to the divine. Whereas previously, and again, I don't want to. I don't want to try and uh, diminish um, relationships that others might have with the Lord, because in a lot of churches, there will be an interior and a true and a real conversion, right, and a transformation. But there's just something about the the natural and the supernatural c- colliding together uh, in in a sacrament. Uh, and how God has chosen to uh, reveal that grace to us that makes me so happy that I'm Catholic. Yes, where we don't just have to look at God as something that's in a completely different realm, the realm of the spiritual. The unattainable, the un, you, you, unreachable. We, we can't get there. We, we can't really experience God. But see, here in the precious blood and, and these other signs like this, we can. Yes. Heaven on earth. Right, such a beautiful thing. So, if you don't have a devotion to the precious blood, now it's our fault. (laughs) We did the best we could. Uh, So, enjoy July as as a month of celebrating uh, uh, the devotion to the to the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and may that precious blood wash over you. Yeah, right, wash over you, protect you, guide you, literally save you. Yes. And so, let's ask the Blessed Mother to lead us to. The precious blood. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and in the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.